There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack and this is episode 54, three things you should stop compromising on. And yes, you did not hear Mary. Mary is not available for this podcast. She's asked me to do this myself. I feel like a, in a one-legged race without my partner here with me, but I, you know, I'm still very committed to this idea and this subject. Three things you should stop compromising on. Today, I'm going to be talking about these three foods you thought were a good substitute to, you know, to something that you already considered unhealthy. Uh, Regular found-in-every-kitchen items can be sometimes causing more harm than good. So I'm here to break this down so you can take some uh, or begin to exhibit some caution today. So I thought I'd make this really easy for you. Take that first step and have prepared for you, along with Mary, the ultimate food cheat sheet. It's exactly what it sounds. It's a cheat sheet to tell you what foods are good for you and which ones to avoid. So The list now is an extended version of today's episode, and it is simply the easiest way you can take right now to make a real difference in your health. So head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and grab your copy today. You can glance at it while you're doing your grocery shopping or when you're trying to decide what to order in a restaurant. Just take it with you. Stick it in your purse, whatever. This is the simplest, easiest first step you can take today to keep yourself healthy and energetic. So after the show, head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash GAPS, G-A-P-S, and start making a difference. And the three things that you should avoid, I want to start with dairy and non-dairy milk substitutes. You know, a lot of people believe it's better to avoid dairy altogether because some people develop allergies, uh, milk, uh, dairy products will cause mucus, uh, other kinds of skin problems, other problems will develop in the body. And it's usually because they're drinking pasteurized dairy. Pasteurized dairy is dead. Remember, the milk of a mammal is essentially the blood of that animal without the red blood cells. Everything else that's flowing through that serum is in the milk of that animal. And when you cook it, you destroy it. Now, newborn babies fed anything other than human breast milk are going to have altered gut wall development to some degree. The wall of the gut, that's the reason why we breastfeed babies. The Probably the main reason is to embed in the gut wall of that baby the bacteria that is coming into that baby through the mother's milk. And yes, you have bacteria in your milk. There's nowhere on your body you don't have bacteria. In certain places, it concentrates more than others. But remember, there's a lot of good bacteria And because of the good bacteria that is in our guts today that produces uh, B vitamins, it produces a lot of enzymes, it produces other kinds of important nutrients that are necessary for health, we have this symbiotic relationship between the good bacteria in our gut and the fact that we provide it a good, nice, warm, nutritious place to live. The trick is to have 
good bacteria, and that's why we breastfeed babies, because as far as we know, when a baby's born, its gut's completely sterile. And what comes out of mama's breast milk the first three days? Colostrum, yes, to, to initiate immune processes inside the baby, but also it's loaded with bacteria. And if mama's bacteria is good, then the baby is going to have good bacteria to embed that wall. And that process is going to go over the next three weeks. And so if, if you can't nurse past the time you really want to, those first three weeks are so critical. So, so when a, a newborn is, is fed pasteurized cow's milk, as I said, a cooked food, their gut wall is damaged to some degree because it's not ready for cooked foods. Babies do not need cooked foods for several months, if not the first year of life, because their gut wall is still developing. I can't emphasize that enough. And that's why the baby needs raw milk. But raw milk has destroyed the, the, um, the, the nutrition that the baby needs in raw milk is destroyed in the pasteurization process, which then leads the gut wall, leaves the gut wall subject to an overgrowth of just the wrong bacteria. So we want raw milk and cow's milk is the best. Raw cow's milk from grass-fed animals not commercially produced. What about goat milk? Yeah, well, in a lot of cases, babies can do just fine. Some cases better with goat milk. There's an old wives' tale out there that says flat, no argument. Goat milk is closer to human milk than cow's milk. That's not completely true. So you, if you can't nurse, you've got to find out what works best for your baby. Now, what about the substitute, non-dairy milk, almond milk? Well, there's way too much sugar in it. Soy milk, there's way too much sugar in it, plus it's loaded with estrogens. And this is, you know, young boys and girls do not need to be subjected to higher levels of estrogen before puberty begins. In fact, it's the increasing levels of estrogen in a little girl that changes her from this androgynous creature into a woman, just as testosterone will change a boy into a man. Now, both boys, little boys and little girls have both estrogen and testosterone. It's the predominance of the one over the other that gives them their sexual determination as far as physical structure is concerned. And when you start giving them estrogen before the brain triggers estrogen or testosterone to be released, you're going to have trouble. I think this is why we are seeing more aggressive females and less masculine males. I can't prove that, but that's my opinion. And this is why girls start to develop at eight and nine years old with their periods beginning by their 11th or 12th birthdays when 100 years ago, it was around 16 to 17 years old. But the worst thing I think about using um, milk, especially these substitute milks, is we use it for cereals, which is even worse than the milk substitute. I mean, breakfast cereal is one of the most processed of foods. And by that very definition, it is so devoid of almost anything that's viable for human growth and nutrition. One of the worst things, and, and I've often said this to my patients, you want a heart attack, have a, a bowl or two of, of uh, processed cereals every morning with pasteurized milk. The inflammation, that is going to cause, this, the regular inflammation that's going to cause to the system. And I develop this idea a lot more in the next podcast that follows this one, podcast uh, 55, you know, what to do after a heart attack. Uh, cereal plays a big role in all of that. So what are you going to do? Well, the only safe milk, as I said, is whole 
raw milk from grass pastured animals because nature made it that way. You cannot process something nature made and somehow make it better. Think about that. The natural processes of the creation of this planet, our solar system, the universe, whatever else, created the element gold. Now, how do you take 24 karat, which would be 100% pure gold, how do you take pure gold and make it better? How do you take pure oxygen and make it better? And the foods that nature made, you can't take it and make it better than what nature made. You can adapt it to certain circumstances, cooked, uncooked, spiced, plain, but you can't take it from its elemental form of a mixture of fat, carbohydrates, and proteins and somehow make it better. It just doesn't happen. Okay, the second thing is this the sugar and artificial sugar thing, and I don't mean stevia. Stevia is not a food. It has no effect upon the body except it stimulates the sweet response on the tongue. So that's why a lot of people use stevia. Uh, is it okay? Well, sure, it has no effect on the body other than to stimulate sweetness. So it's probably just fine. A lot of, a lot of people use stevia. It is not, uh, it has no nutritional value to the body at all. And so I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about some of the other things that people are using. Now, why is sugar bad? Well, what, what don't we know? I mean, diabetes, tooth decay, obesity, a, a compromised immunity. That's just a few of the negative effects that are associated with a high sugar diet. Exposing your children um, in particular to sugary, uh, fat-laden treats can contribute to these problems twofold because they're not, you know as they especially when they're not fully developed yet and since kids younger kids are very very impressionable they can develop these bad habits they're going to live with them as as they reach adulthood which is bad stuff and then there's the effect of sugar on the brain i mean aside from the physical challenges that are attached to sugar it can also take its toll on children's minds sugar has effects on their ability to concentrate. I mean, children already have shorter attention spans anyway, and when you start adding regular sugary treats to their diet, it just magnifies the problem. A sugary diet can also screw up a child's energy levels. When they eat sugar, they get this spike in energy, then they come down fast, which is you know ends up making them cranky or tired, and these rapid and intense mood swings have a negative effect on their ability to think, their ability to follow a line of reasoning, the, the basic cognitive abilities. They just can't think, and with all the hormonal storm that's already going on inside of them, by the time they reach middle school, they already have a hard time thinking. And as an added drawback, the body's increased blood sugar levels from eating too much sugar also increases the insulin. And this fat storage hormone, which also has negative effects on the body, including, you know, challenging the ability to maintain a healthy weight. This is, this is what we need to understand about insulin. Not only does it assist the body in allowing sugar to get out of the bloodstream into the cells, its number one job is to store fat. And any kind of sugar, glucose, whatever is present in the bloodstream that the body does not immediately need for energy, like, you know, the last thousand feet climbing up the top of Mount Everest, it's going to take that sugar and convert it into fat for storage. And sugar also, with the increased release of insulin along with the sugar intake, you also have this increased inflammation, systemic inflammation in the arterial structure because of the constant presence of insulin. And you combine that with bad oils, which we talked about back in episode 44, you're just a sitting duck for a lot more serious problems. 
So why is the substitute even worse than sugar? Well, <clears throat> I'm going to go through five of them here really quick if I can. Uh, the first one, let's, let's just start with saccharin. You know, although it's actually, I think the numbers are somewhere around 300 times sweeter than sugar. Um, and you, you'll, you'll find this um, saccharin often mixed with other kind of compounds due to the fact that it has a somewhat metallic aftertaste, this, which is why it usually shows up as sodium saccharin. There, the element sodium is present in there, and sodium, of course, is a metal. And for nearly 20 years now, the U.S. toxicology program had this um, sweetener on its list of carcinogens. This, uh, not now, but for a 20-year period they did. And even though it was subsequently taken off that list, and I think it's got to be 15, 16 years ago that it came off that list, it, you know, supposedly for lack of evidence that saccharin caused cancer. The move was controversial. It remains to this day. And this is, what, this is the main thing that's in Sweet and Low, the little pink packet. But I remember from study, some of the studies a long, long time ago, you had to give rats an incredibly huge amount of saccharin in order to stimulate the growth of some cancerous tumor. Now, as I said, it's still controversial, but it's one of the substitutes, and it's not necessarily the best idea. The, the, the other one I want to talk about, sucralose. Sucralose is twice as sweet as saccharin. It, it, it's listed as 600 times the sweetness of sugar, and yet it still has no calories. So back to what I was saying earlier about... You can't process something from nature and make it better. When you start processing things that nature made, then nature made sodium. Um, nature made chlorine, and there's chlorine in uh, sucralose, and the most common uh, product is Splenda, of course, kind of a yellow packet. And when you have something that's 600 times sweeter than sugar but it has no calories, an alarm should be going off in your head. There's something that's not right here, and it's found in a number of food products, especially those that are claiming to be diet foods. But multiple studies have shown that its chemical composition is not really compatible with the human digestive tract, and it cannot be properly metabolized, which, of course, is one of the reasons why it's recommended. It's kind of a sugar molecule with a chlorine addition stuck on the end of it so that the body recognizes the sugar part of it, but it can't process it because it's not fully sugar. And so some people will get gastrointestinal issues like diarrhea, cramping, intestinal pain. It's been known to cause headaches, skin irritation, lightheadedness, um, swelling of the limbs, uh, and emotional agitation. And it's the main ingredient in things like, like Splenda. Some people take it without any problems. Some people have a lot of problems with it, but it's not a food. And that's what my problem with it is. There's another thing called acesulfame potassium. And it's in a product called Sweet One. It's not as common as the rest, but some of you are familiar with it. Depends on what parts of the country you're in. It's not one of the better known sweeteners. There's still more research on whether or not this artificial sweetener can cause cancer. But it has methylene chloride in it. And again, here is a, a methyl group that's being used with chlorine to attach to another chemical a compound to trick your brain into thinking that it's sweet. And Sweet One and another Sunet, S-U-N-E-T-T, uses this particular product. Then, of course, the all-famous aspartame, one of the most notorious of the artificial sweeteners. Aspartame's been awash with uh, bad publicity for years now. 
I think if I remember correctly, some of the numbers I have seen that nearly 75% of consumer complaints made to the FDA last year was about aspartame and its effect when people drink diet drinks. And with good reason. And now what are you seeing? Now, this is 2016 that I'm doing this podcast. You're starting to see does not contain aspartame. Remember all of the stuff that came up about high fructose corn syrup and all. Now you'll see products in the supermarket that say does not contain HCFS high, or HFCS, high fructose corn syrup. Now you're seeing soft drinks and is it Pepsi or one of these? It says uh, does not contain aspartame. Why? Well, there's a whole array of health issues that have been associated with this, including neurological, psychological issues, depression, migraines, Alzheimer's, aggressive behavior, even to the point of um, suicidal um, ideation. In other words, imagining killing yourself, not necessarily doing it, but just thinking about it. And there's a lot of studies that are trying to show the link between it and the formation of brain tumors. And so what do we have? NutraSweet, Equal, Sugar Twin, the the blue packets are aspartame. And then there's one more I wanted to mention, Neotame, because of all of the bad news that aspartame was getting. Now there's Neotame. Neo, of course, meaning what? New. And this is the newest of the sweeteners, and it's made by, aha, Monsanto. You guessed it. And its chemical structure is very similar to that of aspartame. And one of its metabolites is formaldehyde, which is what aspartame will break down to, which is a carcinogen. In addition to this, it contains another chemical that's called 3-dimethylbutyl, which is listed as a harmful chemical by the EPA. And one of its brand names is Sweetos, S-W-E-E-T-O-S. What? You know, one, I mean, these sweeteners, despite the promise of um, weight loss and healthy diet, they're anything but healthful. I mean, a better alternative to any of these is to consume just small amounts of regular sugar, if that's if you've got to have something sweet, or better, you know, use sweeteners like honey or, or maple syrup or agave in the least processed form that you can. There's a lot of agave products out there that are overly processed fructose, and they're extremely dangerous. And, you know, the naturally sourced stuff, And you can bring with them the added health benefits that artificial sweeteners cannot, will not, ever do. So what do you do? Do you eat the sugar? Well, that's for you to decide. I mean, there's more sugar in a can of soft drink than the average American ate in an entire week 100 years ago. But there's also this explosion of sugar diabetes going on, or, you know, call it what you will, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, insulin sensitivity. It's still the same old garden variety of sugar diabetes. And why sugar? Because your urine smells and tastes of sugar. The body is overrun with sugar. I mean, your system cannot handle that load every day with cereals, toast, orange juice, jam, muffins, bagels, whatever for breakfast, then soft drinks, candy, snack bars, whatever for a mid-morning snack, and then fast food for lunch. I mean, do you know how much sugar there is in chicken nuggets? Or did you think about that much? I mean, it's chicken, but look at the breading that covers the chicken. Look at the juices that have been injected into that so-called chicken meat to make it more delectable to little kids. And that's why kids love chicken nuggets because it's loaded with sugar. Next time you're in a fast food outlet that will actually show the food content, look at the sugar. It'll say carbohydrates. Look at the carbohydrate content 
than a processed product for dinner and for the very busy moms and dads out there. How can you do anything else? I understand that. The average American now consumes in part and in whole approximately a pound of sugar a day from all the above sources, all the hidden sugars. And then depending on how much sugar you put in your coffee or in your tea, how much sugar do you put into your cereals? Uh, or how much sugar do you sprinkle over your half a piece of grapefruit? I mean, the sugar comes all over the place. And that's one of the major ingredients in uh, breakfast cereal. And interestingly enough, the food labeling laws were altered so that uh, processed foods can have a, a variety of names for sugar. If all the names for sugar were sugar and they weren't allowed to call it something else, um, it would be the number one listed product in most processed foods, especially baby formula. You pick up a can of baby formula, and usually sugar is the number one ingredient because babies would not drink that crap if it wasn't loaded with sugar. So uh, one last thing here, I was asked to be a little more specific about you know regular soda, diet soda. I kind of I kind of answered that with the aspartame thing, and you know the the idea of the diet version is it really worse? I mean, isn't the sugar just bad enough? How can you say that the diet thing is worse than that? Well, marketing has told you that you can you can still have flavor without the sugar. I mean, flavor comes from what? Flavor comes from the natural things that nature made, like fats and herbs and minerals. Flavor doesn't come from artificial flavorings and sugar substitutes. These chemicals in there are designed to trick your brain into thinking that they're flavorful. And then they're very addictive by their very chemical nature. And often, I don't know if it's a, the case with you, but I know it is with me, often when you go through a um, supermarket, as I was in just yesterday, and I was getting some uh, organic eggs, some uncured bacon, and I was getting what? I think I was getting some nuts. Yes, I was getting some raw Brazil nuts. You look at the shopping carts of some of the people around you, and I have to point this out, and I'm not, I'm not being judgmental. I'm being observational. There was this lady with a shopping cart in front of me, and there were at least a half a dozen, maybe as many as eight bo- different boxes of pre-sweetened cheer- cereal for kids. Now, it may have been for her. I don't know. Um, and about two or three gallons of pasteurized milk, And as I looked at her, and I'm not going to describe her anything more than this, she looked dead. Her eyes were empty and hollow, black circles underneath her eyes, her hair listless. And she just kind of stood there staring off in the distance, almost like an automaton, robotic. Now, I have enough problems of my own. I weigh a little more than I should weigh. I'm losing hair on top of my head. I just turned 65 here a few months ago. I don't really have a whole lot of basis to judge other people, but I do observe. And when I see somebody with a shopping cart that has organic fruits and vegetables in it and as little processed foods as possible, the people pushing those carts just look healthier. And we have a tendency to equate thinness with health, which isn't fair at all. There are a lot of people who may be running around with an extra 20, 30 pounds of weight on them and are extremely healthy because they eat correctly. Thinness is not an indicator of health. More than half the people who drop dead of heart attacks are thin. 
Now, I'm not justifying those who are way overweight. I'm certainly not justifying the extra weight I have on me. But I observe and I look around and what do I want to see? I look at the color of the whites of the eyes. I look at the skin, the condition of the skin, the condition of the hair, the condition of the nails, the things that doctors a hundred years ago would use to diagnose before we got the stuff we have today that is just too scientific. You want, How can something be too scientific? Well, it can be too scientific when all we rely on is the digital numbers that come out of a machine whose accuracy and performance is based on somebody else's tinkering and how they decide to calibrate it, rather than the actual performance of life's processes inside of us. So that's why I wanted to talk about these things today, the, the diet sodas and, and the sugar alternatives and the um, alternatives to dairy, because they're all processed things. And not everybody's the same. Some people react to these things differently than other people do. I know that. So what do you drink instead? Well, how about clean, pure water? The cleanest water on the plant planet is well water from an aquifer that is clean where you live because all of the stuff that falls out of the atmosphere falls down inside that well and it gets in the water. The little pyrogens that have, you know, reactive influence on the body, spores, bacteria, viruses that you are inundated with anyway. And then what do you have? You have calcium bicarbonate, which is extremely necessary for the functions of life and your immune system that's in that well water. If you don't have access to that, then um, we have a distiller in our house. I don't know that distilled is the best. Probably RO, reverse osmosis water, might be even better because distilled water is cooked. Anything that was in it that was alive is destroyed by the pasture or the distillation process. But I also, uh, my wife and I and our son take a lot of mineral supplementation. And with this mineral supplementation, along with the distilled water, I don't, I personally don't worry about it. Now, how about also some sparkling mineral water then with, with some, a slice of lime or lemon? I love Pellegrino. I love ice cold Pellegrino with a slice of lemon. When I go out to a restaurant with my wife, that's usually what I order. And there are other kinds of sparkling water. I just particularly like Pellegrino. I mean, it doesn't take long to get used to sparkling water drink without the sugar. And teas, herbal teas that you can get used to to drinking without sugar. Maybe a little bit of honey, but, you know, just a little will do it. Because at the end of the day, all natural sugars are still glucose before the body can use it. So is processed fruit juice okay? No, it's a very concentrated sugar. You know, you can juice your own fruits and vegetables from tree and vine-ripened sources that can be used, but even then you have to be careful not to overuse them. A lot of the commercial fruit juices have as much sugar in it as a can of soda. Again, read the labels, look at the carbohydrate content. What's a safe level of carbohydrates? Most people, as I said, have about a pound of carbohydrates a day, 450 grams or more of carbohydrates a day. You not only can't be healthy with that, you will put on weight. You'll just start packing it away unless you have a very heavy caloric demand. Lots of running or jogging or lots of treadmill or weightlifting, resistance exercises, swimming, uh, tennis and sports and things that keep you very, very active. You might be able to handle that load if it's coming from a natural source. But if you aren't, you're going to put on weight. How? What do I recommend to my patients who are trying to lose weight? I ask them to try to keep their carbohydrates at 60 grams or less. And usually that will help a lot. 
But when you look at the carbohydrates that are in the dairy substitutes, the soft drink substitutes, it's just off the charts. So these are some things to think about. I, Mary says I have a tendency to um, uh, be a, a, accusing and and uh, shouting and arguing when I'm by myself. She kind of tempers these podcasts, but she wasn't available today. And if I've, you know, talked down or condescended or, you know, spoke rough with somebody, I, I sincerely apologize for that. These are subjects that I deal with every day in my clinic with my patients who are asking me these things. And so I have a tendency to get a little dictatorial, and I apologize for that. So today I covered some foods that you're better off without, and maybe what you might do instead. I know that big changes are hard to make. You, know, you did Baby steps is the term I like to use. Ever since that Bill Murray movie called What About Bob? I, I, I like the concept of baby steps. So I've created this complete list of good foods and foods to avoid in case you want to prevent not only cancer, but diabetes, thyroid problems, depression. I mean, all these malnutrition diseases. So head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash GAPS. Grab your copy of the Ultimate Food Cheat Sheet that reveals which foods you should consume, which to avoid. You just grab a copy today. Use it whenever you're making decisions about what to put into your body, at the store, at the restaurant, whatever. It's the smallest, easiest step you can take today to make a true difference in your health. So be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash GAPS right now and grab your copy today. And I will see you next week, hopefully with Mary. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.